0: Hello again, my friends. This is astrologer DK Brainerd, and you're listening to the Stars for the People Astrology Podcast. For the week of October 18th, 2010, brought to you by EmpowerRadio.com, empowering you. This week, I want to talk about the Aries full moon that's coming up on Friday, Friday evening, October 22nd, 9.37 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And I also want to talk about the run up to that full moon, which features a lot of Scorpio. So, Scorpio is one of the most misunderstood, uh, much aligned signs of the zodiac. But I want to talk about how we can use this energy uh, in our own, you know, in our favor. And I also want to talk about why I'm doing what I'm doing. So, I may start there. I've been challenged in the last week. And actually, if I think about it, it goes back um, a couple months ago where I really started getting this message that I needed to define what it is I'm doing. And it's fascinating how, you know, ego interference can kick in when you start getting closer to what your what your soul mission is. And not that I feel that I've been off track or anything, um, you know, but I've just been getting this message. Hey, it's time to tune in. It's time to fine tune. It's time to really name what it is that, that you're doing. And it's interesting. I gave myself a couple of days off at the start of the week to just sort of recover from the last month, which has been go, 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 go. And I bought a couple novels. I bought a Neuromancer by William Gibson, which I had never read somehow. And then I've been on this Ursula Le Guin kick. So I got the first novel in the Earthsea Chronicles, A Wizard of Earthsea. And I had this feeling that I'm kind of back in, um, you know, when I first started on the spiritual path in earnest, um, I went through this period where these books, I'd walk into the bookstore and a book would just literally leap off the shelf. Like I remember the first time I, I saw the artist's way in a book bookstore in a Metro Atlanta and I was just drawn to that book like a magnet, you know, and I'd never heard of it before, but I knew I needed it. Or maybe I had heard of it back in the past and, and, um, you know, it was back there in my memory calling to me, but it was just the perfect time for me to have that book. And I kind of feel like I'm going through the same thing with reading science fiction and fantasy right now, which is sort of funny because, um, as a, someone with a master's in French literature and a BA in English and French, I always read the hard jawed, serious classics, you know, Hemingway and, um. Dostoevsky and all the great writers of the, you know, the great canon of world literature and rarely would I slum it to go, uh, into something as, you know, as dubious as science fiction or perhaps even worse fantasy. But, um, I'm finding, you know, that there are these really great writers with a, a really, what I feel is an important sort of perennial story to be told, and, um, and for whatever reason, that's what's feeding my spirit right now, or my soul. So I had this feeling I was going to get this message from from these couple of books that you know I somehow synchronistically lumped together on my trip back from driving my daughter back to her mom. Stopped at a uh, Borders or a Barnes and Noble in Ohio somewhere, and. What I got from both of these books, both of them had to do with the power of names and the power that finding uh, the true name of, of an object or an event or a situation has. And, and, you know, in each of the stories, having that name gave the protagonist this sort of magical power to, to change the situation. And so uh, I've been, re- you know, I reflected on that, like, what is that trying to tell me? And then it kind of just clicked when I got challenged earlier this week, um, to really define why I'm doing what I'm doing. And, and I realized it's the same thing I've been working on with, the, with my soul mastery program participants, uh, this fall, which is let's define what it is you came here to do. Like, why are you here? You know, and I know that's what we all want to know. And with this full moon and Aries coming up in the last degree of Aries coming up, on Friday night, we're going to have this buildup of energy to the to the full moon, and then the full moon's always this release where something that was sort of in the darkness or, or in the subconscious can come to light and be recognized for what it is. And Aries is about the process of developing an identity. You know, so Aries, we think of Aries as the first sign of the zodiac. It's about action and passion and fiery selfishness, you know, I'm going to do this because this is what I want to do. This is what my impulses are telling me to do. But on a deeper level, Aries is always about establishing an identity. And so Aries is answering the question, you know, who am I? What did I what did I come here to do? Aries also being very heavily implicated in the whole outer planetary pressure cooker, the karmic quickening of 2010 you know, that cardinal cross energy that characterized so much of the, the summer months or winter in the north in the Southern hemisphere. So the universe seems to be wanting us to get this. And, and, um, you know, I really, a lot of times before I have these breakthroughs and my own thinking about what I'm doing or why things are happening in a certain way, I'll go into this real tailspin, you know, this real sort of uh, confused frame of mind where everything stops making sense. And I'm questioning, you know, I'm just questioning, I'm asking for guidance. I'm doing the tarot like five times a day and none of the cards make any sense to me. And even though I know I just need, you know, I have enough experience in the spiritual work now that I know those are the times where I need to just sit back and let things process, let things shake out and it will eventually come to me, but I'm still like, consulting the Oracle, please, please tell me what it is, what it is, what am I doing here? You've probably been there. Um, so as I'm going through this, I'm thinking, okay, sooner or later, you know, this is going to make sense. And then it all kind of came to this really beautiful synchronicity. Now, here's where the ego resistance kicks in, um, because my, my editor challenged me to actually say this you know, on the radio, on the podcast and very interesting. I said, okay, I'll do that. And so I lined up last night to, to record the podcast and was rolling along and something that didn't sound right. You know, it took me a while to get started. I had several false starts. Um, Jenny and the baby were at her parents and then the house was quiet. So I was, you know, just ready to get going. And then they came home earlier than I expected. And then the baby was crying and you know, and then there was all this noise happening, and it was like I stopped and started three or four times before I got going. And then I, I you know, that couldn't get the levels up, and I sent it off to um, Bren at the radio station and said, Hey, man, I can't, you know, can you do your audio magic and pull this up? And I get an email or a uh, voicemail from him this morning saying, uh, I can't work with that. Your microphone wasn't on, so there's not even enough levels for me to pick up. And, it seems like a lot of times when we're about to make, so I feel like there's something powerful in this and I hope that this resonates out to you and, and sort of get you where, where you are so that you can work with this on your own. Um, it seems like a lot of times when we're ready to make that big breakthrough, that's when the ego resistance is strongest, you know, and I, I know with the, um, I've been working with some of the soul mastery participants on the inner guide meditation, which is just a really great framework for, for doing the soul work. And a lot of times when you go in and, and start to try to contact the inner guide, the ego just gets crazy. You know, the doorbell rings, the phone rings, um, the water heater stops working, the whatever, you know, the, the house across the street catches on fire and there are sirens. The kids are going nuts. Um, you know, as was one of my participants experienced that um, she's trying to go into, into the cave and there are all these like um, masked burglars outside trying to keep her in. You know, and it's like, okay, ego. Well, ego doesn't want us to break through to these unifying principles because, you know, it wants to stay in charge. It wants to be the big problem solver, which, of course, the problems never really get solved. Or if they do, there's immediately a new problem to take the place. Anyway, so here we are, we're, we're back, we're back in the saddle and well, I'm sure this will evolve, but what I got to is that what I'm doing here is I'm sharing my stories. I'm teaching people through my own experience, how to work in the inner world in order to transform the outer world into a place of abundance and miracles and healing and joy and you know, I came from a, a pretty dark place in a lot of ways. I um, grew up fundamentalist Christian. And I remember I must have said the prayer of salvation, um, you know, hundreds of times as a child because I was so terrified of going to hell. You know, I remember going to these, these church services when I was like four, well, probably five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, and even into my teenage years, it terrified me and they're just, you know, painting these vivid emotional portraits of life after the rapture, life on earth when everybody's being you know devoured by poisonous snakes and the beast is working his horrible black magic on all of us and we all have um, computer chips embedded in our foreheads which is the only way you can buy food and you know stay alive and you know or worse even after that then you go to the lake of fire where you're eternally and they would describe all these tortures and horrors, you know, in vivid detail. And of this little impressionable Pisces boy going, oh, shit. You know, I could, of course, I couldn't say that because that would send me to hell, too. But, you know, that was the feeling tone of it, right? And, you know, then it's all these compulsions that sort of, you know, and some of them I can see in my chart. I mean, that no matter what childhood I would have had, there would have been this, um, tendency toward compulsive, trying to do things right, trying to be perfect. Um, but definitely being told that I was a filthy, vile, worthless sinner over and over, um, you know, didn't help with that any. And my response to that in my twenties was after trying real hard to be a good kid, um, you know, all the way through high school and, just thinking if I was good enough and if I put on a sunshiny enough, happy enough face, um, you know, everything would work. All right. Work out right. And then in my twenties, you know, I had a couple of experiences that were just incredibly disillusioning. Um, you know, one of them being the series of sex scandals with the, the pastors and the administrators, pastors in the church and the administrators in the Christian school, and then some more personal things that happened, um, and I'm going to get back to the Scorpio full moon, but you know this is all sort of a, an elaborate metaphor as well for what that process is for us this week. Um, you know, so some personal things that I don't really want to go into detail with here, but that were extremely, uh, you know, punctured my worldview completely and left me deflated and disillusioned and cynical, and my response was. I'm going to burn out my conscience with drugs and alcohol and sex and, you know, whatever else I can get my hands on that makes me feel good. And that torches this part of me that has trying to be, has been trying to be so good for so long. You know, when I realized that's gotten me nowhere, it didn't get me where they promised me it would. And, you know, I could say that I really felt like Jesus never showed up to answer my prayers. I mean, I don't know how many times I prayed as a child, you know, Lord Jesus, I'm like trying to get you into my heart to be my savior. So help me quit obsessively freaking out and worrying that I'm going to hell, you know, and Jesus never seemed to be able to do that for me. And I mean, I can look back now and say that was part of my path because that was, you know, I was being taught this really narrow superstitious, what I call now pseudo Christian way of, um, seeing who God is and who Jesus Christ is and and what the path to salvation or enlightenment is. And the only way out of that for me to become who I was supposed to be in the world was to go through that darkness and, and be forced to abandon that, that worldview, you know, and that's one of the hardest things for us when we're trying to grow is that we have to give up, we have to sacrifice, we have to let go of the false gods that have been programmed into us. And because those are associated with security and with love, you know, or with at least maybe the absence of some kind of unknown fear, you know, it's like the, the evil that we know is better than the evil that we don't know. It's really hard to let go of those. And, you know, if you're in a corporate job that gives you what they call health health care in quotes, um, and you know pays the bills if only barely, but you're getting cancer or heart disease or you know um, hypertension or whatever because you hate your job so much and it's so meaningless. It's still hard to let go of that and say I'm going to trust that somehow the money will be there if I do this thing that my soul tells me I need to do. So that that is a, a known station on the spiritual path on the hero's journey. Right? So one of the things that we're going through this week with, with Mars and Venus and Scorpio, and then Mercury moves into Scorpio on Tuesday, the sun moves into Scorpio or Mercury on Wednesday, the sun moves into Scorpio on Saturday. Scorpio is the sign of the Zodiac that relates to the inner world, to the soul processes. And it reminds me of, um, You know, James Hillman, the, the sort of father of modern archetypal psychology says that the soul communicates to us through pathologizing. So the soul communicates to us through sickness, through despair, through symptoms, through unhappiness, you know, and it seems kind of harsh, but, um, What the soul is doing in those moments when we get sick or we, you know, can't stand in the relationship anymore or we feel like a failure or we're suicidal or we're depressed or we're despairing is that that's a signal as one of my teachers, Stephen Gilligan says, that's a signal that the, the soul is saying, I'd rather die than stay trapped in this situation that I've outgrown in this life that we've outgrown. And the great thing about Scorpio energy is that Scorpio is willing to go into those dark places and sit there in that darkness until shapes begin to emerge out of the darkness and it starts to make sense. You know, and and Scorpios as I said, I think are, are probably the most misunderstood sign of the zodiac. But we need that Scorpio energy because um, you know, if you look at the soul sickness of the United States of America or, or of much of Western culture, it's precisely because we've been programmed and we've, we've made this devil's agreement to live on the surface of things, to try to look like the people in the magazines, you know, um, to engage our attention superficially discussing television shows, watching survivor or whatever. Um, you know, shopping as the key to our ills, more, more consumerism. And whereas we're not going into those painful places underneath, we're just, and the thing is that as long as we approach life like that, we're always going to experience that darkness projected back to us as terrorism, as AIDS, as cancer. I mean, how, how huge is cancer, not the sign, but the, um, you know, the disease. And so, what we can do this week with that Scorpio energy is we need to look at where we're experiencing compulsion obsession, where we're experiencing the lure of the taboo, you know? So if, if in, in our case with the baby, you know, when the baby's had one of those nights like last night where he's up all night crying, you know, the taboo thoughts are, Hey, I want to run away. Hey, I want to put this kid in the trunk and drive the car into the lake. You know, um, I want to beat this kid till he stops crying. I used to make this joke with Jenny, you know, how long do you think it would take for child services to come to the house? If I typed into Google, how, if I beat my child long enough, will he eventually stop crying? And, you know, you have those thoughts though, as a parent. And we have these thoughts about our bosses and our spouses and our lives and our jobs You know, whether they're thoughts of of destructiveness to somebody else or revenge, which is often a big Scorpio theme, um, or whether it's thoughts of destructiveness to ourself. And the point of Scorpio is that you need to be able to, you know, you you don't want to act on those thoughts, obviously, but you need to be able to be there with them. And as you do, as you can sit with them, there's always going to be a core, a deeper message that's coming forth from your soul. You know, That's telling you, hey, this is what you really want. This is what wants to come forth. And I think what we're going to see with this is that a lot of this is going to come out at the full moon this weekend. So Aries and Scorpio both share the rulership of, of the planet Mars. Mars is the ruler of both planets traditionally. And so whenever you have a full moon in any sign that full moon is going to kind of pump energy into the ruler of that sign. So the full moon is pumping energy into that Mars and Scorpio and Mars being the aggressive, um, warrior archetype of the Zodiac is Mars is super energized this week to do that Scorpio work. So we need to make time to be with those darker parts of the self, you know, whether that's meditation, um, whether that's journaling, whether that's, Listening to music that takes you into those places, you know, so that you can really feel what are these things in myself that I'm not, I'm not allowing to be there that I'm pretending away because anytime we pretend these away, you know, it's going to come back and, and bite us in some way. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to do with all of the work on words for the people, um, with the, whether it's with the soul mastery program um, with this membership program that I'm about to release that will be working hypnotically, um, you know, with people through building this program where you can do this work on your own. And, and I can share what I've learned about how to do this because Emil Coué, the, um one of the pioneers of modern hypnotherapy, said that whenever willpower and imagination come into conflict imagination always wins. And we live in a big willpower-based society, you know, the will, the power, right, willpower. Um, and that's what the ego wants us to believe, that that's how you get problem problems solved, that's how you get things done. But really, that's not how the mind works, you know, and if you, if you study any neuro-linguistic programming or, or really any of the science of mind, you find that the vast part of the mind works through imagery and, and Hellman also, you know, makes a point of saying that imagine imagination or images are the lingua franca of the soul. So images are the, um, the vernacular, the, the language that the soul uses to communicate with us. And the alchemists talked about imagination as the philosopher's stone, as the secret, thing that everybody has. And yet as adults, we all throw it in the trash heap, you know, we throw it down in the gutter, but imagination is the key to work through the deeper, that's that Scorpio energy, the deeper issues, the deeper parts of soul, you know, to engage with those parts as they come to us in images and to say, if I give enough attention to this image, in a, in a way that has boundaries, you know, in a way that's safe so that I don't, again, I don't want to act on my, you know, the images that come to me telling me, put your kid in the trunk and drive him into the lake, you know, but I want it to be able to, with my ideal, my spiritual ideal as my guiding sustaining point, I want to be able to hold space for those images and to interact with them and say, Hey, you know, what is the deeper, thing this is trying to tell me. Well, maybe the deeper thing is I need to get out of the house more with the with the child and maybe I need to go to the lake and walk around with him and that will help him calm down. And maybe in the time when he's not crying, I need to really focus on my creativity. You know, creativity and children both being fifth house in astrology. I don't know what that message is, but I won't know unless I'm willing to sit with that and work with that in the inner world. And just to wrap this up, I, um, you know, I feel like my long journey from from years and years in despair and fear and terror and hopelessness and just the only way I could find to go on in life was to be drunk all the time, you know, or on drugs because it, it dulled that those horrible feelings. That that's what I'm able to to teach, and that's what I came here to do is to help people see that there are better ways of doing this work, and that. We need to, you know, when we activate our power of imagination in a positive way, we're activating the philosopher's stone that the alchemist talked about, which gives us the ability to turn our lead, our internal lead, into gold. And then even further than that, this is the amazing thing, is that when you work in the inner world and you learn how to work in the inner world, it really transforms your outer world. And if enough of us do that, we're going to transform, you know, and I feel like we already are, we're going to transform the very universe that we live in, which is pretty amazing stuff. And I'm excited to see where it goes. So I hope you have a great week. Remember to pay attention to the stuff you don't want to pay attention to this week. And that way, when the full moon happens, you're more likely to experience that this weekend as enlightenment rather than as the sudden shocking intrusion of the unconscious into your life. Until next week, this is astrologer D.K. Brainerd saying, may you go with the stars. I've seen the best minds of my generation, refuse to take their medication. Your electroshocks, your chemical pills, mm, they going to cure what ails us. I've seen the best minds of my generation wash your windows at the service station now guess up the beat.